Welcome to Friends and Fables, an interview series on our podcast where we chat with friends new and old about TTRPG and everything in between. I'm your host, Tanner Azanero, and today I am so excited to be joined by a self-described eldritch being and (laughs) fey creature, a gal who you've definitely seen before if you've spent five minutes scrolling through D&D TikTok. She's a talented and incredibly funny content creator who has lent her tabletop mastery to many different actual play series, and in my opinion, also has the most pleasant voice in all of TTRPG, which will hopefully offset the uh, geriatric gravel that our listeners have gotten (laughs) used to with me. Uh, Please welcome Lydia Corinne. Hello. Hello. That was the most flattering introduction I've ever received. We ju- I, <laughs> this is this is my compliments gun. <laughs> uh, throwing it at my side. I, I try to make sure I I, I intro everybody as best I can. Uh, we're so excited to have you on. Um, I know uh, to kind of just jump into it. Um, I, I I know you kind of began your your journey as a content creator during the pandemic, um, kind of like a lot of a, a uh-huh, lot of the yeah. you know creators yeah. who came out of uh, TikTok. Um, what is your history with D and D and TTRPG in general that kind of eventually led you to this creative outlet? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's actually kind of funny because I I grew up surrounded by D and D but refused mm-hmm. to play it. <laughs> So my dad, my dad's a huge board game person. Like he's, he used to be really involved with Gen Con and things like that and was just an absolute nerd growing up. And I'm like, that's too nerdy for me. So he'd have weekly game nights where friends would come over, play TTRPGs. And I was even offered sometimes to like try it out. And I was like, no, I'm a nerd, but I'm not that (laughs) kind of nerd, you know, too cool for that. And then, um, I had a friend in high school who wanted uh, wanted someone to play, like wanted to make a little group and invited me to do it. And I was really hesitant to. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, just give it a try. Like, please for me. And I was like, okay. So I made the goofiest character because I just, I just didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't want to understand. So I just made the silliest character, went in, fell freaking in love with the first session was like, okay, we got to kill off this character and I got to make the most awesome, epic, like (laughs) elaborate thing ever. Um, so we fed her to crocodiles. I created a new character. Oh my God. I was was obsessed with D and D. Yeah. Poor eggnog, but (laughs) (laughs) I love the violent sacrifice of being like, no, 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 not. I I love that. It wasn't a reaction of I'm in love with this first character and, and this first Uh character is going to bring, uh, you know, me into this new addiction of mine. It's no, get this garbage out of the it's, way so I can no, do no, no, it no. right. We can do better than this. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so yeah. funny. So yeah, I just, I became obsessed with it. And then, um, and then the pandemic hit started. I made a TikTok. First of all, I refused to, I refused to download TikTok. There's a trend. Mm-hmm. Everything big and important in my life started off with me being like, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not going to do that. And mm-hmm. then now it's yep. my life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the black hole of destiny and fate just yep. <laughs> pulling you towards the universe was like, uh, bet. And then <laughs> yep. I can relate to that in, uh, in high school. I was in, I was in choir 
all four years, uh-huh. and, but I refused to be in like musical theater because I was uh-huh. just like, it's not for me. I mm-hmm. like, I, I, <laughs> I'll stand in a robe with 50 other people and sing, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, cho- choral songs, but I won't get on a stage and dance. Um, and then at my fourth year of high school, I essentially got dragged into an audition mm-hmm. and I was like, it's senior year. I'm not going to get a part. I've never done this before. I can't dance, so I don't have to worry about being in this show. And then I got cast in a lead role, and oh I was like, gosh, oh, no, people are going to get really mad at me because <laughs> I shirked this off for years. And then it became an obsession of mine, and I was, and I wished that I had been in musical uh-huh. theater and had gotten to do it more, you know, the rest of my life. And was a very, as is musical theater for many people, a very character-defining thing for oh, me. Yeah. Yeah, oh, 100%. yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I, I feel you <laughs> in terms of your life will pull you toward the thing yeah. that you need to be doing, regardless of whether you want to or not. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, that's that's so funny. Um, so what, what I, I got to know, why why specifically did you have to like trash the first character? What was it what was it that made okay. them that made it okay. have to be a crocodile death or an alligator death? Okay, so her name was Eknog. Okay. Um she was a dwarf cleric. Mm-hmm. And um she was just so just so goofy. Like mm-hmm. I had this thick Russian accent for her. <laughs> she had a pet octopus, not a familiar, just a pet octopus she carried around. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then, and then um, as soon as I kind of got to see like role play and like actual, like cool characters built, I was like, I want to do that. I w- hold on, eggnog, get out of the way. And I made a um, bard of like a college of glamour bard. Mm. And then I, w- I was just like, I was this, I was this human bard who is like ready to cast magic and was glamorous and beautiful and everything. And yeah, she she went a lot, she she went a lot longer than eggnog did. <laughs> eggnog. Eggnog was just not the vessel for creativity yeah. that Eggnog. you needed once you understood. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you got sometimes, you know what? Sometimes you got to upgrade look, for the sexy, look, the sleek model. You know, eggnog's not my proudest moment. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> my, my, my technically my first time playing was as a guest character in a friend's campaign. Um, and I put I played a wizard who would like betray the party and everything mm-hmm. I did wasn't like scripted, but I definitely was like serving a story purpose for the DM right. for one session. Um, and so I like kind of say that that's my first time playing, but I also like don't count it because it was like two right. hours and the DM kept texting me being like, you should do this. And I was like, great. <laughs> Cool. Like you're um, just full railroaded. Uh, just full <laughs> railroaded. It was Zach, by the way, for anyone who are any fans of us who was listening, it was Zach who was railroading his players. Um, uh, but uh, 
my I my feel like my first official time playing was when I wanted to DM because I wanted to play so bad because that gave me the little mm-hmm. bump that I needed to get addicted. So then I turned into the DM who dragged all my uh, my friends into it during quarantine, and that was kind of <laughs> how we got started. Um, but uh, uh, you because of uh, your your space in the content creator um, realm of of D anD D, you've uh gotten to bring like a good number of characters to life uh, across many different actual play series. Um, and this, the answer to this probably differs from setting mm-hmm. to setting. Where does your character creation process begin when prepping for a new story and kind of a, an a addition to that question, are there any like, Lydia Corinne rituals you find yourself performing (laughs) across many, if not all of these different characters you've gotten to play. Oh my gosh. I was, I, I was literally doing that this morning, like my, (laughs) like just character creation process. But, um, first I'm a very visual person. So I need to know the kind of like setting and the vibe of what I'm playing in. Or the players or whatever. Basically, I collect information. Mm-hmm. Um, then what I do is I go to Pinterest and I just look at cool art. And then I'm like, I want my character to have this part of this and this part of this and this part of this. And then I'm going to conglomerate it into something. I don't know what yet. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I really just figure out a cool looking character. And then I'm like what fits the aesthetic and then go for that as far as like class and, and things like that. Um, but yeah. And then, and then the Lydia rituals, as far as like bringing the characters to life is I create a Pinterest board that just has just a mood board of Mm -hmm. images of the character. And then I also make a Spotify playlist. And then as soon as that Spotify playlist is made, listen to it on loop. Yes. Like it becomes yep. my new favorite playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, I just, I actually just got um, into a new campaign um, and I, I first was like coming on as like a guest character. We didn't know how long I was going to stay kind of deal after the first session. They were like, do you want to stay and like play in the campaign? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I've been, I've been building that character aggressively the past few days. <laughs> That's so fun. I was going to say you're an incredible artist. Um, uh, and you kind of, you kind of answered a little bit of a later question I had, which was, um, uh, just how much of that kind of artistry side influences the creation. It sounds like you go for mm-hmm. the like full, the full get up first and oh, then yeah. kind of build into that. Um, that's so funny. That seems very difficult. Is it difficult to start with the vibe and then form fit mechanics into that? Or are you like a big homebrew person? I mean, you'd be surprised. Like it's, it's a process, but for me, it's really fun. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, it's very, it's very, it is very different. Like I've, I've talked to friends and, and people about it, about how they make characters. And it's just so, it's so different. A lot of people go through like focusing on the build and things like that. But my brain, my little, my wee little brain just can't process that much yet. It's gotta, <laughs> it's gotta grow with the character. Um, but yeah, cause I, 
myself am a, a high school theater person. Mm, um, okay, so, so you understood. Yeah. <laughs> you understood so I'm, I'm I yeah. <laughs> Got it. So I've I've been always been very more character focused. Like, how do I play the character? Um, less uh, less focused on the the mechanics. I've I've gotten better. I've gotten much better at the mechanics side of it. But yeah, when I first started, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how this works. I'm just going to make her pretty. Let's go. <laughs> the, the second I, unfortunately, the second that I found out about min-maxing, I was like, that's all me. I'm in. I got it. Look, whatever. I'm, I'm constantly impressed by min-maxers. Oh, it's um, very fun. It's a very and, rewarding and style. Oh my play. gosh, it blows my mind. Like Especially like the higher level you start and also depending on how like our for our show we usually do point by to make like our ability scores consistent for each other mm-hmm. for balancing and everything. But they, but God forbid we introduce the chaos of rolling for stats. Like you can have like a crazy build, uh-huh. um, especially if you're starting a campaign or starting a one shot at like a higher level. That can be insane, uh, and it really may not matter, you know, if whether you do or or don't min max because you may not need to max out. It. You may have everything maxed out, or you may have everything <laughs> minned out, which is also not great. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm definitely very much the, what is going to make big number go b- big smile in brain? Yes, very good. <laughs> um, I very much, I, I envy that about, uh, we. Uh, one of uh, my fellow co-hosts, uh, Nathan, is also uh, a very talented artist and I've always envied the ability to kind of like really realize your character in your mind um, and be able to kind of bring that uh, to the table. Um, I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't gotten to uh, uh, dive into any of your actual play series. Have you, have you um, been more of a player than a DM in your overall experience? Yes, I I've DM'd a little bit. When I was first starting, I DM'd for a homebrew world for a little bit. Really loved that, but um, I was with a bunch of like students, so schedules were complicated, and it ended up not getting to finish out. Um, and then I've DM'd a few one shots. I've got a group that I'm about to DM Vison for. Oh, cool. Um, Love Vison so much. Oh, it's so cool. But anyway, um, and then uh, so yeah, most of my most of my time is spent as a player, um, and I'm really I'm really excited because recently I've gotten to actually like play a lot more than just D and D, and before I've I've been so scared of doing that, but I'm mm-hmm. finding it so fun. Um, just learning all the different ways that you can like play. It's, it's like, it's so cool to see just how creative people get with a set of dice. Mm -hmm. Like that's so cool to me. Do you, are there any mechanics from different, uh, TTRPGs that have kind of stuck out to you in as being like kind of favorites? Yes. Okay. So, um, I'm in a teens in space game. Oh, cool. And I love, I love that. Um, I love how they do like your stats basically. And for your stats, it's, you have a certain dice assigned to a certain stat. Right. Um, And so for your best stat, you get to roll a d20. For your worst, you roll a d4. And then just based on that, 
whole dealio is how you determine how good you do at something. Um, I really like that. I really like, I like that it forces you to have things you're bad at. Mm -hmm. It like forces you to confront that. And that's Mm -hmm. so fun to like, it's so fun to fail. I love, I love just, I love just when things go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, especially as uh, someone who finds themselves more on the player side of the table, that's a very important skill to have is, is appreciating when things don't go your way. I, as, uh, as kind of the resident DM here at foes and fables, I usually like, I don't care if I fail. I, in fact, <laughs> I prefer that my players, you know, do well and stay alive and continue the story and everything. <laughs> but then uh, for Spyros, our series where Nathan takes over the DM chair, I, and I'm rolling horribly as my, uh, <laughs> Kalistar cleric. I, I, the whole time I'm like, this is terrible and this cannot happen to me. <laughs> like, I need, <laughs> I desperately cling to my, uh, to my thousands of rolls that I make as a DM. See, it's like the worst rolls that make the best memories. That is, that is super true. It's, it's the, you have to have the super low lows to then swing mm-hmm. back around for the really high highs. Um, oh, there was a, go ahead. I'll go ahead. No, you first. <laughs> Me first. Okay. 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 So I just played in a session where I had my character literally one turn knocked out like this giant old vampire guy. Oh, wow. Earlier, literally, literally five minutes earlier in game, I couldn't break open a lock with a giant (laughs) warhammer. The dichotomy. One turn, turn, (laughs) knock out this big bad. And then just, I just, meanwhile, she's spending, she's spending, she's spending so much time trying to just break in and just can't even get in because she can't hit the lock. <laughs> it, what class is this? She was a paladin. <laughs> <laughs> that feels that feels like very paladin energy of being like day to day stuff. No clue what's going on. Honor and valor <laughs> stuff. I'm on it. <laughs> I could relate to that because uh, in in one of our earliest Spyro sessions that we actually did before we uh, were doing the podcast. Um, uh, my Kalistar cleric had, was rolling like shit the whole the whole session all day long, like no higher than a seven on the die, just real oh, bad. No. And we were in like the boss fight for that night, and I was down, and I had two death fails, and I had two death saves. Uh, oh, successes. That's the worst. And I mean the best, but the it, worst. It, yes, it was it was awful. And and if poor Nathan, it was Nathan's first time DMing. And he was like, I could tell he was stressed because he was like, shit, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill one of my players <laughs> on our first session. Um and I uh, uh another party member of mine was also down, and it was our turns next to each other, and it was my last role. It it, it was the last chance for me to yeah. live. And I looked at him and I was like, we're going to roll together and we're going to be fine. And we rolled and I crit and I came back up with one HP, had my turn. And then I killed the boss and all that bad rolling, all that bad rolling led (laughs) to that moment. You had to get it out of the way. You had to get it out of the way. I think I screamed for an illegal amount of time. (laughs) 
It was great. And that's why, that's why I played this game. Um, no, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, you, you really, you have to take the highs and lows as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, have you been, uh, kind of itching to DM, um, more, uh, kind of an actual play like series, um, for your, uh, fans and supporters? I have, I've, I've got, okay. I've got this like picture in my head. And that's like real cool and colorful and great. And then I go to sit down to put it like out of my head and I'm just like, uh, and I'm, I'm really excited because I'm actually like closer to a position where I can actually bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem comes again, me being that visual person is I just, I just want to create all the visuals for it and just focus on that and not do the actual like planning and prepping. (laughs) (laughs) That, well, what's funny. I, I just yesterday, I did an interview with the unprepared casters duo, um, Haley and Gus. Um, and, uh, it's, it sounds like you need that that uh, other duo, which is funny to me because it's such a unique pairing. Uh-huh. The 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 two or, or well, the two of them are obviously like a, they're like a match made in heaven. But the the uniqueness of a duo in this space is so funny because I feel like there's no other like kind of duo teams like that. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it sounds like you would you would benefit from someone who's like <laughs> no the nitty gritty I got it I'm on that I can't, can't draw to save my life but I I got you on the other stuff um, no that's fantastic I'm very excited for uh, for it to eventually hit, hit the screens someday, someday yes. hopefully soon we'll see <laughs> uh, hopefully this will be coming out also one thing I forgot to tell you this will be coming out in September so it's kind of a late release you're the you're you're the last of my kind of long list of uh, interviews that I've gotten fun though. September's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. you. When is, wait, when is your birthday? If it's on a Monday, hang on this straight up. We got to see when does it fall? Straight up. I could release this on your birthday if you want me to. Oh my God. That would be amazing. (laughs) I'm totally releasing this on your birthday. It does Uh, fall on a Monday. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Happy birthday, Lydia. <laughs> Happy birthday, me. God, that's so fun. Oh my god. Uh wow. That is the that's the beauty of the Frozen Fables and Tanner as an arrow type A needs to record everything months in advance. Is we can celebrate Lydia's birthday here. Uh wow, fantastic. Um yeah, we're so excited. We're so excited for your series that hopefully may be out by now. Maybe it's another birthday celebration. Um, <laughs> is there, um, and maybe this is something that you're finding in that game that you're putting together, but is there a style of game or genre of story that you've kind of yet to explore in TTRPG that you've kind of been dying to? Um, I've really re- okay i really love and i've played in them i've i've loved like horror mm. yeah. i love i love playing in horror i love horror just in general and i'd love to dm the problem is everybody looks at me and thinks like oh she's so sweet and cute and adorable and fluffy <laughs> and and i don't help it by making sparkly characters but like i've always wanted to be able to pull off something like grim and dark and spooky mm-hmm. but 
I don't know if Olivia pulled that off. I think I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like from an outsider's perspective, I would act like if I were to sit at this table knowing that you were helming a, a horror, I would be terrified because <laughs> because I know you'd be like, I I can't. I need to break this this you know perception of me. So I have I'm to going prove to myself. yes, I'm going to poison their minds <laughs> and send them to bed with nightmares hitherto unheard of. Uh, I would be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I I run. I do know that with whatever like series like I am able to put out, I do want it to be very Faye esque, mm. um, and I want it to be I want it to be very chaotic. Um, that's just that's just how I roll. I I want it to be crazy. I want it to be kooky. I want it to be magical, and I want it to be also simultaneously terrifyingly fun. <laughs> Faye and horror. Faye and horror especially is is a really scary combo, um, especially when There's introducing so things like taboos and, and you know, Faye trickery and the uh -huh. rules that they follow that, you know, mortal people don't and don't mm -hmm. understand and could never understand. Um, that, is, that, that sounds like something I'm very, I'm very excited to see that, uh, uh, <laughs> uh should that ever come to light? Um, Kind of a similar uh, question, but maybe a little more broad, um, whether it be specifically about actual play shows or just kind of the game of D&D &D in general, do you feel like there's like a consistently missing element from D&D &D tables that you'd like to see more of in the space, whether it be you know, specific topics of role play or mechanics that do or don't get used, or maybe some other totally left field thought that you just feel is kind of consistently missing in the space of, in your experience. I think, um, that's a hard question. It's a big, it's a big question. That's a big question. I'm a very small person. Uh <laughs> um, so sorry. I, I will next time. I will shrink. I will wash the question before I bring it to you and shrink it down. I think um, there's just so much available, and the beautiful thing about D and D is really it's like D and D itself. It's just like, hey, we suggest this, but you can also do whatever the heck you want. Right. Um, I think I wish there was more done as far as like character death. I think. Mm. Um, I think that, and a lot of people do unique things with it. And I love that. I love when people take like a character death or like, or death roles or things like that and do something unique with it and make, um, like bringing somebody back, like making that a different cost or things like that, or having something happen uh, with the character afterwards. I really like that. Um, as far as like, Game mechanics, I think there's a lot of cool stuff that can be done and has been done. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that there... I wish there was more opportunity to um, expand your character class, too. When it comes to D&D &D specifically, because it's like you've got the set subclasses, and um, I, I think there's a lot more... Uh, directions they can go. I think a lot about like Pathfinder 
um, has a lot more open availability to you building a more unique character. Whereas I think sometimes with D&D, people can feel like they fall into a set stereotype with the class and then the subclass and things like that. At the same time, though, it does help give like structure and help you figure out how you want to play the character um, and give that character direction too. So it's all very like, yes and no. Mm-hmm. You know? it's, a, it's such a big question. It's a, it's almost uh, kind of boiling it down to just more of your own experience and everything yeah. as well. Um, I totally agree about the, uh, the subclass thing. Specifically, there's just not really not a big list. Like there is mm-hmm. a big list, but when you've been playing the game for even a year, right. Um, there's just a you kind of get used to all of them even mm-hmm. even if you haven't played them you just kind of get used to them um do you do you uh homebrew a lot of stuff uh with uh character creation um i homebrew a lot of stuff when it comes to like me um dming so mm-hmm. i'll i'll create different race options or different class options for my players to play Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like me going into other games, I usually get a little too intimidated to try to do that. I also don't want to like put an idea that doesn't work with somebody's world or their ideas and things like that. Um, but I, I do love homebrewing myself. I mm-hmm. love, and I love looking at other homebrews too. Um, we, I, I was, I was, I'm sad because I'm not going to get to play this character, but I had built a character before and and it was one that I worked with the DM to like kind of homebrew the subclass a little bit. And she was going to be really, really cool. She was going to be so creepy. And I was so excited for her. Mm-hmm. She, um, she was basically going to be like a Dompier, but instead of it being vampire, it was an aberration. Oh, cool. And so it was like that kind of merge and, and she was just like her hair would just levitate. Mm-hmm. And um, she she had green eyes, but this aberration was a very purple, and so uh, and it just wanted knowledge. And so whenever she was learning, her eyes would get these like purple tendrils, and she just wouldn't blink and just stare, listening to this stuff. Um, and it's and it's and I'm holding on to that. I'm holding on to her because I'm mm-hmm. going to bring her out somewhere, and and it's going to be epic. But <laughs> yeah, uh, that sounds so fun. Um, my, with we've gotten um the longer that we've gone uh and we're an anthology series so we move from uh setting to setting and and kind of party to party with new characters decently quickly um so we've gotten to uh, as a party kind of explore a lot of different options and we pretty immediately like opened it up to like you find a subclass you like on the internet just send it to me and if i approve it then you're good yeah. um <laughs> Uh, we use a lot of cobalt press stuff. Um, mm-hmm. cobalt press. I, I love them. I'm we're not sponsored, but I, I just love them. Um, I, I probably one of the coolest, uh, departures from kind of the, the mainline class that I've gotten to play. Um, I guested on a podcast called the dungeon boys. Um, and they were kind of a, uh, they, they are kind of a sci-fi, uh, type story. Um, and, uh, Cobalt Press has a portal cleric subclass, um, which is one of the coolest builds I've ever gotten to play. 
It sounds so cool. Ever. Like, <laughs> just, I, I it literally, it, and they also have, like, a bunch of, like, custom spells that kind of come with the, the subclass and everything. And straight up, that whole class is throwing portals at people, making them disappear, um, <laughs> running into a wall on one side of the room and popping out on the opposite side of the room. That is the amazing. other wall. It, it it was it was incredible. Um, and I I think getting back to kind of the original question, I do think that. D&D and TTRPG in general is great because of the limitless opportunity to Mm -hmm. create and mold things into the mechanics of the game. But I do almost wish there was like a more streamlined and there's a lot of content creators and, and people smarter than me about mechanic stuff who have lots of videos on, you know, building subclasses and everything. But I almost wish there was even like, a more streamlined way and almost like a built in way for people to homebrew subclasses more easily and more well balanced into games. Mm -hmm. I wish there was um, almost more things written in about, and there is in, in the DMG and everything. Um, I I don't know. I wish, I just wish it got more nitty gritty about if here's the steps of making a subclass and here's the steps of, of balancing it like hardcore yeah, kind of giving like a, a like skeleton yeah. of a little structure that you can build off of. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and there though again, those things exist, but it's a little too loose right now, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um uh and maybe we'll see things like that update as they, you know, put out more stuff. But again, the the best place for things like that as far as I've seen personally has been um homebrew content in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um uh, kind of jumping off into, um, a different area of conversation, um, in a YouTube video of yours, you've kind of talked about your, uh, the hardships that kind of come with a career as a content creator beyond just, you know, the D and D specific area. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned, uh, as you've kind of grown in your craft that you feel would be important for any other content creator entering the space to hear? I think I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was like, life reflection, here we go. Um, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is to just create what I love creating. Um, A lot of the time, especially early on, I'd feel this pressure to make something that would perform well or... um, appease to the algorithm or or whatever, like try to, I'd get too fixated on the numbers that I'd lose the spark of fun that was creating. And then I'd get burnt out and then I'd have to go through this big long period of recovery and then I'm back at it and having fun again. Um, So yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest takeaway I've taken from it is that my best stuff I've made the stuff that I'm most proud of making um, is stuff I've made for me um, because I found it fun because I was passionate about it because I wanted to do it. Um, I think it's really easy to just get caught up in numbers and performing um, when I think that the best the people you love to see are people you see doing what they love. Um, and 
I think that it's just so important to hold on to that, hold on to what makes you happy. And and if you find it doesn't make you happy anymore, you don't have to keep doing it, you know? hundred percent. The, the artist burnout and I oh, yes. consider like, uh, you know, content creators are all artists and you mm-hmm. have to be, you, I mean, you just have to be to, yeah. to create content in general. Um, especially so in the D and D realm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but artist artist burnout is rough. Um, yes. Uh, you know, especially if it, 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 if it's just falling in line alongside the other ups and downs that life mm-hmm. loves to throw at you. Um, uh, it, it can be very uh, limiting and halting to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a big misconception too about feeling like there's a certain threshold to break through of success and, and those numbers and, you know, the mm-hmm. nitty gritty things like that, that people feel they need to reach before right. they um, can do what they want to do. Um, or, or before they feel like the audience that they want to receive their most passionate projects is, you know, essentially uh, either worth, you know, that project being made into fruition or big enough to be like, okay, the thing I really want to do, I really wanted to take off. So I need to do all this Mm -hmm. work to do it. Um, um, I try, man, I try not to talk about the same thing across every interview, but kind of just getting to know people, it always happens. Yeah. Um, but I, I, before this, I did, um, music for 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. and that exact situation kind of happened to me. I just fell out of love with it. The, the, the industry, uh, and kind of the community that I specifically found myself in was just very unwelcoming. And I mm-hmm. kind of just fell out of love with it and just stopped doing it. And then, you know, over the pandemic, we started doing a true crime podcast and that's when we started playing D and D just for fun alongside Mm -hmm. that. So, uh, the true crime podcast was kind of practice for, you know, eventually what became this show. Um, and this show has just been so rewarding and so, Mm -hmm. um, Allowing like D and D and D and specifically writing uh, as a DM for me has been the most true to myself expression of that, you know, artistic expression and storytelling that Mm -hmm. I have gotten to find for myself personally. And regardless what one thing that we've always kept is, you know, as we started doing this show and have consistently stayed at it is we don't really care, you know, what, how many people it reaches. We're just happy to kind of be creating a time capsule of us and our best friends kind of spending time together and, and making this story. And I think that is what in this space and what specifically TTRPG kind of begs is that authenticity from people. Yes. Funny enough, a table of people pretending to be someone they're not is weirdly one of the spaces where I feel like I can't like turn a corner without meeting someone very genuine and very, you know, honest in in the space. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about the D and D community, especially the D and D TikTok community um, is I've made so many friends just through nerds, nerds wanting to be nerds. Mm -hmm. They see, they see somebody who likes their stuff. It doesn't. And it's like, it doesn't matter the numbers. It's again, it's you like D and D. Okay. We're following. Like that's, that's that. Um, and it's just, I've, I've met the most wholesome, welcoming, kindest people 
in the world, like just through D and D and getting to do that. Um, and funny enough, similar for me, like I, I used to do film. I was, I was, I started off trying to go into film and I just wasn't, I wasn't happy there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't like, I didn't like that environment. And then, um, and I also, I also had some people in my life who, who weren't as supportive of that path and things like that. So it ended up just falling out and then pandemic, mm-hmm. boom, 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 D and D. Yeah. The it's pandemic is a real hard pivot point for everybody, yeah. especially yeah. in this space. Like it's, it's like, that's, that's everyone I talk moment. to, everyone I talk <laughs> to is like, I was doing something else. And then the world yeah. turned off. And by the time the lights came back on, I was doing something totally else again <laughs> in a totally different way. Um, no, yeah, it, it's uh, uh, it it feels like a bunch of people who meet each other and they're just geeked out to do this. Yeah. And everybody's such a dork. <laughs> like, like, just so happy to be, to be here and doing this. Be like, you're doing that too. That's crazy. Um, and I love, I love, love, love when people first get introduced um, because they're so like shy and timid. Mm-hmm. And then you go in and you're like this goofball with a silly accent. And they're like, oh, okay, I can be a goofball with a silly accent. And you're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that's yes. my favorite thing is, is getting, getting my friends into the same obsession uh, giving people I, the sickness of D and D obsession do, i do yeah. like spreading this disease <laughs> <laughs> yes every it shall rule the world uh it shall rule the world one day um especially now like i feel like we're in a very strange time here in this moment where obviously D and D is just like day by day just become more and more and more and more and more you know accessible and mainstream um, for lack of a better term, but now, especially with the movie and especially with the movie having done like very well, uh-huh. I like we've been doing this show for a year. So we're, we're a little late into kind of the community on, you know, TikTok building itself and, and kind of, uh, what I've been referring to as kind of the second wave of content creators and TTRPG shows to follow kind of from the original people like NADPOD, dimension 20 critical role, mm-hmm. um, people like that. Um, and it is, it's so weird to think about where the space might be in five years. Like I have no oh idea. Oh my gosh. It's going to take over no the idea. world. I know. <laughs> well, it's so like, especially, you know, with, uh, God, the, the movie, you know, the, the other day wizards of the coast was like, here's Minecraft stats. And I was like, I what know. is happening? I was, what's going on? What is <laughs> happening? Why is it? Why does this feel like a smash, like ultimate update where we're getting, why, why does it feel like we're getting Sora and smash? Like what's happening? Um, uh-huh. uh, it's, uh, it's, it, I, I truly, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I have zero idea what the space is going to look like in a year from now. Like, I have no idea. I'm happy oh to be gosh. here. Happy to be along for the ride, but straight up zero clue what is going on <laughs> in a good way, though, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you gotten to see the movie? I have not. Oh, okay. I, we, we don't, I, I, I won't spoil anything. We don't have to talk about it. It was I, good, though. I'm, I'm like, I'm itching to see it, though. Mm-hmm. It was very I, good. I just keep hearing, I keep hearing good things about it, too. So, yeah, it was great. Um, I don't think I, I can't say any more about it, man. It was good. You should go see it. You should go see it. Let me know what, how you, how you liked it. Uh, once you've gone to see it. Um, 
Yeah, it's. It, I think it's very important that the space is as you know welcoming and and open as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just also because kind of seeing, you, I hear about it all the time online, and I know problem players and problem DMs exist. But the more mm-hmm. I exist in the space, the more I'm like, they don't anymore. <laughs> Weirdly, you know what I mean. I know they yeah. do. I know they. No, do. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm like everywhere I go, everyone's super nice and cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the people available, the people yes. who make themselves available, and and that's one of the cool things too. Is like, um, like I don't. Thankfully, and I and again, I know it happens, mm-hmm. but thankfully, as it's grown, there's been a lot of less gatekeeping. Yeah. Um, Cause that's something that, that a lot of people with a lot of nerdy things ends up happening is, mm-hmm. is people get protective of the things they love, mm-hmm. but that's, what's been really cool about um, the pandemic and TikTok. is like, everybody's kind of taken this as an opportunity to try something new. And so it's really cool to see so many new people trying and loving it and then just wanting to know more i have so many people in like comments that are like i really really want to play but i don't know how and before i can even respond people are responding to the comment being like well come play with me and do let's do this or like go check out here and it's just so cool to see people like wanting other people to join in and experience the fun. Yeah. It a hundred percent feels like very quickly. The dynamic of the community at large was changed and affected by (laughs) the deliberate and for lack of a better word, kind of outgoing kind of takeover of people being like, no, we're all going to be nice to each other. We're going to play this game. And if you're not nice, you're not welcome. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of, you know, attitude also shows that how gung ho the community is when, you know, Wizards of the Coast tries some shit and uh-huh. immediately gets shut down. Oh yeah. That <laughs> yeah. ended real fast. Yes, no, <laughs> we like- <laughs> we don't mess around like with straight up. I, I that happened and I was like my faith will never be shaken in the community ever again. No, I was like we're we we're trained to fight yeah. this. Like yeah. this is what we do. Yeah. yeah, and and it's cool feeling like everybody in the community is on the same page for the better 100%. Yes. Yes. Um is it a, a kind of a very a very specific thing that I that I thought of in this kind of realm of conversation? Um, what what ha, what has been your experience in this field, especially talking about kind of people gatekeeping and a lot of times, uh, especially kind of the early you know community of people getting into D anD D. It is a lot of straight white guys who are like, "This mm-hmm. is a game for straight white guys." Um, Mm -hmm. even in the origins of the game that unfortunately is kind of into that. What has been your experience and, you know, kind of the, the struggles and things that you as a a female creator in the space have um, come across and uh, especially maybe more so just for us. Cause we're, we're a podcast of a, a bunch of straight white guys. So we very much like, are constantly learning and wanting to do better. And, you know, there's things already that I look back on that I'm like, okay, I'm going to change this for the future um, use. And I think I feel like it's very important to 
want to, you know, learn and include mm-hmm. from, you know, different people with different experiences than us um, in the space, especially coming from, uh, you know, a place of expanded privilege that that, that we come from. Um, maybe a more specific question would be, what do you feel like is an important thing for podcasts like us and other creators to do to kind of ensure that they are, especially in a game where you kind of have to represent many different people, especially as a mm-hmm. DM kind of ensure that you are creating safe spaces, both at the table and in world in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, and a lot of people have implemented it too. There's, there's like this sheet of mm-hmm. um, like red light, green light, yellow light, yes, where yeah, it's like you fill rules, that out. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, it's like honestly, pretty much all those boxes are like I'm good to go. Like we're good. But just to have, just to know that it's like, hey, if something gets too much, we got you, kind of mm-hmm. deal. Um, and I think that, especially when it's like a show um when when it's when it's something being being put out being recorded being especially live um it is really good to have that communication beforehand um there's there is one thing with me in a lot of games which is funny because again i said earlier i love horror mm-hmm. certain gore certain gores and like my i get i get i get woozy kind mm-hmm. of deal um and there was one game I was in and I had, uh, I had expressed, I was like, I, I really can't, I can't handle certain gore to this level with these certain things. So if we just, just don't, please just don't describe that in detail if that comes up. And there had been several sessions that they started kind of inching towards it. Mm-hmm. And I'd put a little message in and be like, Hey, n- like yellow light, slow down, not doing good with that. Um, and the, uh, the DM didn't have the chat open Mm. and kept going. And I got to the point that I had to like take my headphones off because I was like, I don't know if this is gonna like make me, make me faint. So I gotta, I gotta leave. And this was during like a recording. Right. And so, and I felt bad because I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt the show. I don't want to make it like, I don't want to make it a deep, a big deal, but it's also like, dude, I might pass out here in any second now. This is bad. (laughs) So I think, I think definitely just communication, being able to be easily communicated with during the game, um, I think is very important. Um, and especially when it is D and D can explore so many things and so many serious things. And for a lot of people, it's a way to cope with a lot of stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's, I think just having that communication open because you never know when something's going to trigger. Um, as far as like the actual space, um, I've found that it's so funny because something about something about these ones just crack me up. Um, something about making 
jokes about D&D mechanics, some people just don't get it. They don't mm-hmm. get that it's a joke um, or that it's a meme. And they're like, but that's not how it works. And it's like, well, that, that's the, that's the point. Like, right. that's the point, honey. Like, mm-hmm. like the whole, the, okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yes. We got yes. you. Don't worry. Yeah. And then, <laughs> um, so those ones always crack me up where it's, where it's more, um, people, uh, people thinking I don't actually understand the game and, you know, I'm, and, and that's, that's one of the things that has been, a struggle sometimes, not so much for me. I've seen it more with people um, that I have talked to and who are in the same space as me as like TikTok creators mm-hmm. um, is a, with a lot of um, more femme presenting and and female creators is people think we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Or that we're doing this because we think we think it's going to make us cool. And I'm like, yeah, I've just casually had a D&D TikTok for three years because I think it's going to make me look cool. Mm-hmm. No, it's like I love D&D and, and um, I love just being weird about it. I love making jokes and, and, and getting to be goofy and, and creating characters and pretending I'm somebody else. Um, and I think that I think that that is is one thing I wish in the space was better, and that's a lot more on like just audience, you know mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's been an interesting experience um, i think I think though, again, like we were talking about before, it is such a it's such a good space mm-hmm. um the vast majority of people you interact with are going to be so welcoming and and understanding and are going to make sure you're okay. Um, one thing I do love uh, with um, the Teens in Space game, which is with Misty Mountain Legends, um, it's, it's run by uh, Luke and he does this thing after every recording session where he asks for stars and wishes and it's basically give a star on something you love and then give a wish on something you want to happen, want to change, like something like that. And it just creates such a positive space and opens up conversation to talk about the game, mm-hmm. which I'll talk about a game for hours. I've annoyed my mom with so many phone calls <laughs> talking to her about stuff she doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think I think just communication. Communication mm-hmm. is so good. Um, and can be so good. And I've just seen a lot of cool ways that's been implemented in the community. Yeah. I, I hundred percent. Um, uh, I think a lot of times too, it is, um, people who, and, and again, especially, you know, especially people you like me, you know, uh, on uh, a lot of times it is, the problems are coming a lot from, you know, straight white men, whether it be antagonistic on purpose or kind of, um, just ignorant, but the issue Mm -hmm. a lot of times is part of that communication is listening. And that is something that I always try to be conscious of as, you know, a creator in the space is that there's, you know, a lot of people, um, who understand things that I never could. 
And mm-hmm. the best, the best that I can do to kind of help create that space is exclusively to listen and, mm-hmm. you know, be respectful. And I think that's a lot of times the first step. And I do think a, a lot of what I've seen on TikTok is not just, you know, overall people already kind of knowing how to listen and being accepting, but other people wanting to learn to listen. Yes. Um, yes. And other people being willing to meet them there. And I, and a hundred percent, it boils down to that communication yeah. of, of whether it be at the table, whether it be in a comment section of someone mm-hmm. genuinely asking a question and wanting to know, um, that brings, you know, everybody yeah. together and creates that table trust or creates that community trust where we, you know, feel like we can like the fact that I feel comfortable and, and feel happy to open up a social media app and not worry about, you know, what I'm going to scroll through on my mm-hmm. for you page, um, specifically with the D and D side of TikTok at least, um, is, is great. And, and, and I think for flex really well on the community. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, overall people have been very welcoming and allowed mm-hmm. you to, um, create and add to this space in the wonderful ways that you have. I think one of the coolest things about the D and D community is that everybody understands that it's a game. Yes. Yeah. That it's not something that, that we need to like make such a big deal of, make a bunch of drama out of. If somebody wants something different or somebody communicates, Hey, this isn't cool with me. We're like, okay, it's a game. We want you to have fun. We're going to change it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what's so cool. And, and what I appreciate so much hearing that first of all, um, and, and again, it's like everywhere I've gone, every person I've met has just been sunshine mm-hmm. and is just so aware of making sure everybody's having a good time. And I think when everybody goes in with that mindset, is it creates the most fun, best games, best things to see. Um, and I think it's so... It's so cool that that's what it's become because it it could have so easily this community growing could have so easily become nasty. Yep. It could have so easily become gatekeepy and mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think it's it's so it's so telling to the people in the community um, that it's able to be such an inviting space. Um, I think it's really cool too. I've, I did talk about it a little bit in, in a YouTube video where when I first started on TikTok making D&D content, it was real small. Like everybody knew everybody. And and now it's like, I'm finding new people every day that I'm like, oh my God, I want to be your friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I think that is so cool that it's been able to grow that so many people are like looking at looking at TikTok and being like, I want to do that. And then doing it. And then you're like, another nerd for my collection. Uh. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The, the accessibility of it is big and people are a big part of that. Um, and I think just the module of specifically TikTok is also a big part of that accessibility as Mm -hmm. well. Um, 
but yeah, um, I think that's all the time we got. Uh, I'm so sorry. I talked your ear off for an hour. <laughs> I um, talked your ear off. Uh, we talked each other's. Our ears are gone. We no have more each other's ears, ears now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'm like opening up a box like, oh my God. Oh, yeah, thank oh you. they just arrived. That's so crazy. <laughs> we swap. We swap. Yeah. <laughs> oh god that's canon for all of our listeners now i have lydia corinne's ears she has mine you poor thing my i feel like i have big ass ears oh god okay well thanks so much for being on the show i'm sorry Thank you, you so have much my ears for having me yeah no, it's been a wonderful i'm sorry time. you have my ears no, that's uh, okay that is okay you don't uh, have my magic so they're gonna be slightly pointed people are gonna stare oh sorry. yeah i was gonna say oh, i didn't even get to talk to you about cosplay because i know you're uh, great big in the cosplay uh uh, we can do, we can do another one. We can do another one. It's fine. I'll be back. I'll um, be back. We'll be, it'll be, back. be my it'll birthday be present. It'll, it'll be, be my birthday present. Yeah. <laughs> yes, your birthday present. Uh, <laughs> on the day this episode airs, we'll do another one. We'll do another one. Yes. God, that's funny. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about or plug on your way out of here? Oh, I'm Lydia Corinne. It's spelled funky, K-O-R-Y-N. You can find me on all socials with that. Um, and then, yeah. And then if you go there, you'll probably, I'll be, who knows what I'm up to? And who knows where I am? I'm probably lost in the Fey realm again. I'll get out. Don't worry. I'll see you soon. She's going to be fine. She has my ears. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. We're so happy to have Thank you. Thank you. And thanks everybody so much for listening to Friends and Fables. Goodbye. Goodbye.